0: NBC News reporting tonight is giving us more insight on a story of death and mystery and anger over an apparent lack of good police work and accountability in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm talking about the story of Dexter Wade, who we now know was killed less than a half hour after leaving his home back in March. But his family only found that out this month. Wade was struck and killed by a Jackson police car, apparently, as he tried to cross a highway nearby And even though police knew exactly who they hit within days of that accident, officials say, his mother, Betterson Wade, would spend the next seven months. She would spend seven months looking for her son. It wasn't until 172 difficult days after Betterson last saw Wade that they came together again, this time at his unmarked grave in a state-run cemetery. NBC's john shoup is the reporter with this story john we're glad to have you with us today um it is uh the the details here are just extraordinary right because essentially what happened here is this seven month long mystery for this family despite police apparently according to official accounts knowing for months who they hit where he was buried and not reaching out to the family how did this happen
1: that's one of the questions that we have is how exactly it happened but we know some details and uh, a sketch of what happened it began as you mentioned on march the 5th when dexter wade he's 37 years old left home and never came back it turned out not far from home not long after she- he left he was struck and killed by an off-duty jackson police officer a coroner's investigator arrives at the scene takes his body back to the examination table finds a prescription bottle of pills that has his name on it. The coroner's investigator calls the hospital where he got the pills, gets the next of kin, who's his mother, Betterstein Wade, and forwards that information on to the Jackson Police Department's accident investigation squad. Meanwhile, the mother, Betterstein, has no idea that any of this has happened on the 14th of March, reports him missing to the missing persons unit. AND FOR MONTHS IS CHECKING FOR UPDATES AND SEARCHING FOR HIM AND GETS NO ANSWERS. MEANTIME, there, IT'S NOT CLEAR WHY, BUT SHE WAS NEVER TOLD THAT THEY HAD HIM in the, IN THE MORGUE THE ENTIRE TIME. SO ULTIMATELY, SOMEONE FIGURED IT OUT WITHIN THE JACKSON POLICE DEPARTMENT AND LET HER KNOW. AND THAT'S WHEN SHE REALIZED THAT WHILE SHE WAS LOOKING FOR HIM, THEY HAD ASSUMED IN THE CORONER'S OFFICE THAT HE WAS UNCLAIMED AND ARRANGED FOR HIM TO BE BURIED IN A PAUPER'S FIELD. And so as you showed the pictures just earlier, a minute ago, that moment came a couple of weeks ago where she finally got to see the grave marked only with a number of where her son is buried.
0: I know, John, that you and the team pieced this together from interviews with his family, the coroner's investigator, court records, documents provided in response to your requests, a crash report, incident reports, other documents, office records. I mean, so much of this. It took it took a lot of putting some puzzle pieces here just to get, I think, some sense of what happened. And yet through it all, as of tonight, have you gotten any response from the police department itself?
1: None. Um, AS SOON AS I, JUST BEFORE LEAVING TO COME TALK TO YOU, I WAS REACHING OUT TO THE CITY. Um, THEY'RE PREPARING SOME SORT OF RESPONSE, BUT I'M NOT SURE THAT THEY FULLY COMPREHEND OF HOW THIS MISTAKE WAS MADE. Um, mm. WE HAVE we have NOTES, INTERNAL NOTES AND DOCUMENTS THAT SHOW WHAT THEY KNEW. IT'S JUST NOT CLEAR YET ABOUT WHY IT WAS SHARED.
0: Well- does accountability look like for this family? Just quickly, John, what does that look like?
1: I think for Betterstein Wade, the mother is just somebody to acknowledge that there was a mistake she can accept if an accident was made, but just an acknowledgement and an apology.
0: Okay. She just wants to be heard. It sounds like John should Thank you so much. I really appreciate you bringing us the story tonight.
1: Thanks for watching. Stay
2: updated about breaking news and top stories on the NBC News app or follow us on social media. Hey, wanna welcome everybody to another episode of You and the Law Podcast Show. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show, Virgil Green. And as always, the the brother who sits next to me goes by the name of Chief Swaggy One the Beast. How you doing, brother?
3: I'm doing okay, man. That that's that um, our show tonight, man, It's just so sad. And um a continuation of things that you and I continue to talk about, but it's
2: just, you know, very tragic, you know, um, uh, this is something that I don't think a lot of people who will watch the podcast, uh, tonight will probably know anything about and those who will listen to this podcast at a later time, or will be the same way is something that they probably have never heard anything about. And hopefully as we, uh, talk about this incident that took place in Jackson, Mississippi, that people will, um, uh, be as concerned as you and I are because of the profession that we're in Keith. And the fact that, you know, when you, the, the clip that I just, uh, played from, um, Uh, courtesy of uh, MSNBC News, uh, that gave a pretty good timeline of when he uh, left his mother's home to how long it took for, for police to notify the family that, you know, that, hey, you know, we've actually buried your son. So, Keith, there's a lot of things to unpack here in you know, as we talk about tonight's topic is, was this a lack of, of communication or is this a police cover up? Um, so, it, it, again, just to know that and when we get into the details of this here and hopefully those who are listening will uh, put your comments in the chat room, because this is something I, I hope we get a lot of engagement with Uh as we uh, go throughout the podcast?
3: It is um, something that I've never heard of. Uh, I, I know that there are times when you have someone uh, who's a victim of a violent crime and um, they you know, they may have come from, may not have been from that city. Uh, they, may not have been, they may have been from out of town. Uh, there may not have had uh, fingerprints uh, DNA, and so to the listeners and the viewers, the way fingerprints and DNA work, uh, they have to be in a system first. Uh, and so, if you've never been arrested or you've never been fingerprinted, uh, same thing with DNA. If you never, there are certain states based on crimes, DNA is forcible is not forcible, but is requ- is required if you're incarcerated. But for those, th- th- there are some states. But however, there are some there are some times when states don't require that. But unless you have something in the database, uh, there's uh, there you know there may be a way, or a way you may not be identified. <clears throat> but it still doesn't mean that you don't. As a police department, as a medical examiner, uh, don't try everything that you can to identify uh, someone the next of kin. You know, I've seen a day. I've seen a week. I've even seen a month. But it doesn't mean that. They're not working together, the police department and the M.E.'s office to try to come up with with something. I've even seen where they'll put a person's, uh, a picture or drawing of the person. On I'm the news. On the news. Yeah. Or, you know, I've seen it in the oh, news. Social media. I've seen media coverage. Uh, there was none of this uh, for, for for five months. and so, Seven. Seven months. Okay. There was seven months. I knew it was it was a substantial amount of time. And keep in mind, during this whole time, you have a, an elderly mom who had no idea what happened to her son. Uh, she didn't know if he was alive, in jail. Uh, she didn't know what. Uh, and then at some point, she came to the um, conclusion that he, he was deceased. As a matter of fact, she sent out a social media uh, message that uh, he, he was resting in peace. And this is before... It was an official. And so it's just amazing to me how we as police police department we have all of these different
2: I think uh, I've lost your audio a little bit, uh, Keith. That uh, I'm not hearing you uh, well on on my end. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, now yeah, now you're good. Okay.
3: But I, what I was saying, Virgil, can you just imagine that for seven months that that this lady, uh, who's who's an elderly lady, had to endure uh, both, uh, you know. Psychologically, emotionally, and we know that that can take a toll on your health, also. Yeah. But nobody's, she didn't hear anything. And, and, and as you, as the listeners and the viewers will hear uh, during this, during the podcast, they, there was, there were a couple of things that identified Mr. Wade uh, that they did well, not follow up on.
2: Well, and, and for one of those, Keith, is the fact that he, uh, when he was struck, so for those viewers who may have not um, uh, caught the, um, the audio clip that was played at the beginning of the podcast, uh, Mr. Wade gets into some kind of family argument with his mom. Um, he leaves the house uh, that afternoon. He's never heard from or seen um, after that. So months later, NASA determined that he was struck within an hour of him leaving his mother's home crossing. I think I want to say highway 55 there in Jackson. He was struck by an off duty Jackson uh, police officer driving a, a marked police unit a marked SUV he was during the, so again his body was turned over to the to the coroner's office uh the coroner's office immediately found a prescription bottle with his name on it they contacted the um the pharmacy who wrote that prescription and tried to obtain, or they did obtain next to kin family information. They contacted that number. It was not a good number. They contacted the police and said, Hey, we know who this person is. This is his name. And so now that information is, is in the hands of the Jackson uh, detective division. Well then, so some days passed. Nobody has seen him, so his mother calls the police. Says, "Hey, my son is missing. I would like to file a missing police report." She does that. So even within those that very short time, uh, Keith and to the listeners, Jackson takes a missing persons uh, report from this mother, so they know by huh.
3: Hold oh, that thought. So they take a missing persons report from the mother. Correct. They have an idea who this person is. It should have. It, it should, to me, it should have stopped right there because you could run that name in the system, and it's and his name and information or hit the contact person and mm-hmm. other information would have popped up. So go, ahead, yeah. go right ahead. I just want to. I just yeah. want to yeah. practice
1: that.
2: So it, now, when we get into this part of it, Keith, is now where. Accidents happen, but now we get into the part of when you know something within a police department, when does it become a matter of doing your due diligence to find out who this person is, or when does it become a cover up because of some other things that you may know about this person? So... They know who he is. Well, all these months go by, his body is unclaimed. He's sitting in the morgue. The state, or the city, or the county determines that now we need to um, bury him. So he's buried in a. It looks like a just a vacant field. Well, they're, where, known as,
3: they're known as paupers' paupers' grave.
2: Yeah where other identified people have been laid to rest. And uh, it's just by number. His number was 672. So then he is, so then they decide, oh, well, hey, we need to contact this mother because we know where her son is at. And one of our officers hit him, killed him. He was in the mark for five months or seven months. By the way, we buried him. And then key to add insult to the uh, just how this family is coping with what they have learned. They said, hey, you need to, by the way, you need to pay us two hundred and some dollars to retrieve his body. And, you know, so, Keith, I think for you and I. For, and for her to be able to exhume the body.
3: To exhume the body. And to give uh, her son. A proper burial. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, now the family has retained the um, uh, attorney, Ben Crump. And so now they're calling for Department of Justice to come in and investigate. The police department hasn't really said a lot about this case. The mayor of Jackson has made some public comments about it and sent its condolences to the family, and we need to lift this family up in our prayer. And I felt that really concerning for an elected official to say, we need to lift this family up in prayer, when the agency that you oversee as the mayor has uh, potentially committed some 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 things that is making a lot of people answer a lot of questions. And I think every news uh, story that I have seen while preparing for this show, it's just mind boggling, Keith, that even the reporters are like, this is just unheard of in this time where the police kill somebody, even though it may be an an accident, but they they don't do anything to notify the family and Keith, one of the things as we go through this podcast that I'm going to show another video of about a year ago. And I saw this oh several months ago on, on CBS news where they did an investigative uh, story about the Jackson police department and the investigation division. And I think that right there will shed some light on just what is going on with this police department, and what is going on with the with the administration of not coming out saying anything uh, to address this here?
3: Well, you know, this is the. Um, let's see. I think I was in doing research for the for the show. I think that they've had several officers indicted uh, regarding excessive force. Well, and, and
2: Keith, let me, and not to, one of so that. Recently, they've had three officers who were indicted. One of the officers that was found guilty was charged with the murder of Wade's brother. So this family is no stranger to the Jackson Police Department because one of their own officers just over a year ago was convicted of killing Wade's brother who was unarmed uh
3: at the time. Yeah, this is uh so so let me let me let me go back. And what I want to say is uh and Pam asked, um did the accident hit the news uh when it happened, uh given the officer hit the man. I don't I don't believe it got a lot of coverage. It,
2: if it, it didn't locally it did not get a lot of okay. coverage. It it got some coverage because there is some uh media uh footage that I found where you do see the media there uh covering the accident. That right. I think it was just hey Jackson police officer off duty hits a person right. and kills him. Right. It wasn't anything done
3: afterwards. So and then I think the other thing that so let me let me start first by saying we talk about like a communication or a police cover-up, I think what you're going to have is you're going to have probably 70% of the of the listeners probably going to say, or maybe even more, that it seems like a cover-up because. Oh yeah, Yeah, because a police officer was involved. Yeah. Uh, to this day, they have not released that officer's name. Correct. So I, you know, you're going to have some listeners going to lean toward that. Then you're going to have some people lean toward a, a breakdown in communication. My thing is. How do you, how does that, how do you have that type of breakdown in communication? Um, Flower Child says uh, he should have been listed if you have a person, uh, missing person. Now, the only thing I can, I can think of is, and she said, National Missing Unidentified Person System, uh, if he was listed as unidentified. Now, the only thing I can think of is that, um, and we know even his mother said that there was some uh, that he suffered from mental illness. I I just hope that the police department did not um, dismiss the fact that this young man was an adult and did not put that in the system, did not take, you know, or, you know, what did they put in the system? How did they put it in the system? Uh, When did they put it in the system? Uh, Those are the, those are the things that uh, concern. I'll tell you, well, well, Keith, let me let me just say this: they
2: I, I, the whole thing. People need to understand the coroner's office identified his body within twenty four hours. Yeah, because of that prescription I, pill bottle.
3: Absolutely, and and that's the thing. And and I've said this: we in law enforcement have identified people with much less than that. Oh yeah, that was it. That was at least some a starting point. Um, You can't make me believe that you could have got a subpoena, if nothing else, and you could have got more information from the pharmacy, which would have led to this doctor. You're not asking them for it's not a HIPAA violation because you're not asking them what the cause of this, what this medicine's for or there's any type of medical um, issue related to. So it's it's not a HIPAA deal. You go, you ask the pharmacist. You, you get a subpoena. They provide the information, the the ad name and address, or even if that's not the case, the doctor's information, so that you can get in contact with this family. My question is, you had a phone number, um, you know, and even if this phone number, Keith, hold hold that said, thought. Well, go ahead, go ahead, Virgil. Hold, hold that. So
2: they're saying, and, and to the listeners, they're saying the number that they were given by the uh, medical provider was not a good number. Okay.
3: Hold that thought.
2: Now, here we go. Six, six months later, you have a, a good number to call her to say, "Miss Wade, we, your son was actually killed back in March.
3: Okay. So what changed <laughs> as far as those months for the number now, Also, think about this. Within a matter of minutes, we can ping a phone, right? We're able to ping a phone to determine where someone is. We're able to, within a matter of 24 to 48 hours, uh, be able to triangulate somebody's last movement. Mm -hmm. You can't make me believe that. Uh, Now, unless this was a, um, what do you call it, the... Throwaway phone, burner, phone. Oh, you burner know, phone. You know what I mean—that you buy. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Even even some of the, the you know a, you got a prepaid phones. They still have that technology.
3: There's some tech. Yeah, yeah. So it comes down to how bad uh, was that they want to identify, uh, you know, Mr. Wade. And when I,
2: th- I Keithan, I, I think you, you just you just said something that's very important. How bad this agency did or did not want to identify Mr. Wade.
3: Yeah. And so one of the listeners asked, so when uh, she got his uh, her son's body back, was it an autopsy performed? Well, she hasn't to this. We don't know if she's raised enough money to have the body exhumed yet. Um, and so I know that I think they're in the process in the process. Yeah. That's what we were saying, that they want to charge her uh, amount of money uh, to have her son's uh, body ex- ex- exhumed in order for a proper barrel. But Ben Crump has said um, when this occurs uh, that they definitely want another autopsy. Now we'll tell the listeners and to the viewers, there's state law, and they think this is pretty much across the nation, that if someone is killed in a car wreck, when someone's killed, whether it's intentionally or not, um, there is an autopsy has to be performed. So we're going to assume, that an autopsy was performed, and like I said, we can only assume until we can determine. The saddest thing about this whole thing is, this this mother has had to establish a GoFundMe page. Yeah, to 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 do this, uh, uh, to go through, um, giving her son or or respect, you know, giving her son the proper burial that she was unable to give. And just think about this, uh, Virgil. A pauper's field. Basically, what what as a as a as a parent or anyone, your loved one was pretty much you know this is the way people see it was was pretty much dumped in a hole, yeah, covered up, and assigned a, a number in a yeah. box in a box uh, in a box and assigned a number. So that is how this person is identified. This person's not identified. You know, by a landmark. You know, a, a headstone or nothing. It's basically a a, a, a number, a number, a number and that's it, sticking that's on a, attached to something it, that's that's sticking out of the ground,
2: and that this person was buried by inmates of the county or inmates of the uh, of yeah. the correctional system, yeah. And that when you you know one of the things that that uh has caught my attention key is that he was number 672 yeah. so six 671 who is that person 670 who is that person
3: now you know I think this I will say that that you know there there are individuals who are never identified by you know, by any means, I, I, I understand. So th- I think there, there are those who that was the last resort, how, how they, you know, were, were buried. I get that. that it, was, you know, uh, Keith,
2: that may be true, but I'm a, I am ai want you. I don't know if you've seen this and I don't, the, the, those who are watching and listening, I want to play this clip. Um, about is the the mothers of jackson mississippi Mm -hmm. it's a it's a pretty good maybe a four or five minute uh, uh news uh clip but i think this puts this raises much more questions about this agency and what they're doing and keith what is what is the population of jackson mississippi
3: I think it's, I know it's under 200,000. I want to say it may be about 165, 170,000. And what is the demographics yeah. of that? It is. Matter of fact, I just saw a thing the other day that says Jackson is the, uh, most, uh, uh, has the highest number of African-American percentage. So I think if I make no mistake, 65, 70%. Yeah. African-American. Berger, let me, let me, let me say this too. Um, you know, we were talking about the... the, the I'm going to call it a Potter's Field. I don't want to call it Pauper. I'm going to say Potter's Field. Um, I think it brings up the question, too, because I had someone ask me this question. Now, it it, it could come, it come back across as if, well, how many people were hit by cars or killed by law enforcement or, you know, this police department, and now they have been uh, placed in this... And, and whether that's true or not it brings up those it, it brings and it speculations and I, and I think
2: yeah in, in in this in this uh news clip that we're going to uh, uh, watch is going to put more um speculation about what's going on with the Jackson uh Mississippi Police Department and what's going on with the with the whole government there, uh, and he, you know, because these are people who look like you and I, Keith.
3: Well, I was going to say that, Virgil. What's going on in Mississippi? I mean, you know, uh, go back to a few months ago. We did the show uh, regarding the uh, what was it, the Goon the, Squad, the, the Goon Squad. We go back to that, and and there's the the little boy, the 11 year old boy, yeah, uh, that was that was shot, uh, and then the the one where the little boy was handcuffed,
2: handcuffed,
3: yeah. So Mm -hmm. we go back to what's, what is it with uh, Mississippi law enforcement? And I know some people on the Jackson police department who are amazing at what they do, who are empathetic, who are, who really care, but it's gotta be something, something happens uh, when something happened. Yeah. And I I hope Mr. Way's mother, I, I hope if she can ever get closure, that would be, um, that would be amazing you said something earlier about the mayor uh asking for prayers for that family have no problem with that well with it, it, outcomes, you know i have no problem you know. with that i i have no problem with that and i don't think that that's uh i don't think that that's making him you know well when you talk about culpability you talk of he's in charge of the entire city and the police department included but i don't have a problem with him reaching out to the family uh, and praying for them. That, that is nothing wrong with that. i worked for uh, a mayor uh, who did that. Uh, and, and you're not pointing fingers, you know, so I, I remember people saying, well, you can't, you can't pray for someone because it makes it seem like you're uh, you're guilty. It makes it seem as though you've done something wrong. No, it's basically asking for peace uh, for this family and resolution for this family. Um, so I don't have a problem with him. Pr- I don't have a problem with him praying, praying with and for the family. I don't have a problem with that.
2: Well, you know, Keith, and I think it's just kind, it, it, to me, it's just kind of insulting. Uh, you know, it's, no. it, it, well, when you, when you say, no, you, you, you we want to lift this family up in prayer and keep this family in prayer, But your police department is responsible for this person's death and the fact that there's a lot of things that have taken place that leads a lot of people to ask a lot more questions about what is really going on.
3: I I get it and and I I hear what you're saying, but, you know, I can't um, minimize this man's empathy for this family. Now he's got to deal with that if it's not coming from the heart, okay, But he's done it. But you know, Virgil, that's just like us saying, uh, you know we've had there's been some some of the mass shootings, and the suspect's family has prayed for the families of that victim of those of those victims. Yeah, I mean, who are we to say that they don't mean that?
2: Well, they, it, it, but
3: at the end of the day, if that's what they believe they need to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think that adds insult to injury. I think I think what it does is is show empathy. Now, if the family doesn't accept it, that that's that's their right not to accept it. But yeah. as a leader of an organization, uh, regardless of what you had, someone die in your city under your watch, and so you you know to say that we wish the family peace, and and you know. Hopefully, a, a resolution to this. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Okay, okay. I'd have a problem if he if they didn't say something. Yeah.
2: Well, hey, Keith. Uh, we want to remind those who are just now tuning into the podcast show. Tonight's topic is a lack of communication or a police cover up involving the death of Mister Wade in, in Jackson, Mississippi. This next uh, news clip that I'm going to play. Is, is it's about the mothers of Jackson, Mississippi. And a lot of these mothers have had their sons uh, killed by gun violence. But this, I believe this really uh, gets to the core of what's going on in Jackson. And this this situation here with Mr. Wade being struck and killed by a off duty Jackson police officer. Um, it raises some questions because this is something that has come out, uh, in other news stories. So, uh, everybody just wants you to, uh, watch this, uh, news clip and, uh, give us your thoughts on the other side after we get through watching it.
4: We are continuing our series crime without punishment that looks at the disturbing rise in unsolved murders in the U S welcome back to CBS mornings. Our investigation uncovered a troubling racial disparity. Murder cases are far less likely to be solved if the victim is Hispanic or Black. Jackson, Mississippi, has experienced a spike in killings with more than 150 murders last year. And about four in 10 remain unsolved. Chief Investigative Correspondent Jim Maxwell went to Jackson to see the toll of unsolved murders on the relatives of those who have been killed Jim good morning good morning there are the numbers and the pain behind the numbers we traveled to Jackson last month to meet with a small group of mothers who'd lost their sons what we found was a community seething with frustration that more isn't being done to track down the killers of their children we also found an overwhelmed police department that says it can't possibly keep pace with the violence. Everyone in this room who has had a member of their family murdered, raise your hand. When we started calling mothers who'd lost their children to murder in Jackson, Mississippi, word got around, and more than 30 people arrived for our interview. Put your hands up if you feel like you've had to investigate your own loved one's death. The pain in this room in Jackson was overwhelming.
0: They didn't investigate my case.
4: And more just kept coming, wanting their stories heard. Even the when I talked to them, they hung the farm up in my face. Willie Mack is himself a former homicide detective at the Jackson Police Department.
0: What the ambulance?
2: <laughs>
4: His daughter was shot to death in 2017. Hang on. How many years were you with Jackson PD? twenty four years. You had twenty four years in, and when you call the detective investigating your daughter's death, you don't get your calls returned. I don't get no call returned. To understand better the depth of their suffering, we sat down with three mothers from the group.
0: My son, his name is Kian Thompson, Jr. He was murdered April the first, two thousand and twenty one. Zachary Ryan Robinson. He was murdered on April 29th of 2014. Ryan, he was
3: murdered November 26, 2020, on Thanksgiving, a day after my birthday.
4: Margie Allen, Danita Williams, and Lucinda Wade Robinson are talking about their sons, all younger than 22, all gunned down in the city of Jackson, Mississippi, population 153,000. HAS THERE BEEN ANY ARREST MADE IN EITHER OF THESE THREE CASES? NO. No. Mm -mm. NOT ONE ARREST?
0: I WAS SHOWED A PICTURE OF MY BABY ON THE SIDE OF THE ROAD. I WAS SHOWED SOME INFORMATION, AND I WAS TOLD TO GO SOLVE MY OWN CRIME.
4: GO SOLVE YOUR OWN CRIME?
0: AND BRING THEM THE EVIDENCE, AND I WOULD TAKE IT TO THEM.
4: IN JACKSON, THE capital OF MISSISSIPPI, THE NUMBERS ARE STUNNING. 156 HOMICIDES LAST YEAR one of the highest per capita homicide rates in the entire country. Do you feel murder is being treated
0: differently here? Murder is at the bottom of the totem pole. It's normal. A young black male is gonna die tomorrow. We have three over the weekend. We can't get to you right now.
2: The whole system is back
4: James Davis is the chief of the Jackson Police Department. Does not solving homicide cases erode the trust the community has in the police department.
2: of course, we tell these, these citizens the truth. We don't tell them that we can solve a case without the facts, you know?
4: Chief Davis told us Jackson PD's ability to solve murder cases depends on processing evidence at the state crime lab, which he says is overwhelmed.
2: I can use more police officers. I could use more homicide detected. But if the state is backed up, the court is backed up, We will still have the same problem by developing these cases that we're already doing.
4: FBI research suggests homicide detectives should oversee no more than five cases per year. Jackson PD has eight full time detectives. That's enough for 40 murder investigations. Last year alone, they had nearly four times that number.
2: I don't think any police department in the nation can say that they got enough resources. Jackson
4: homicide detective Sergeant Kevin Nash works in an office where each desk is piled high with files. He knows that means victims' relatives aren't going to like the pace of solving their loved one's murder.
0: Sergeant Nash, I talked to him, and he said, well, you know, a lot of of y'all come down here and act like y'all children are perfect. I said, no. I said, first of all, I'm not acting like my child is perfect, but my child did not deserve to be killed in the street.
4: But Sergeant Nash says he and his colleagues are doing the best they can.
2: I'm going to be honest with you. When your loved one is killed, you can never do enough to solve that case. I call them back when I'm available. It may not be right then when they want to. And remember, if this was your child, you want immediate answers, too.
4: I will
1: always tell you that the Jackson Police Department can do a better job.
4: Jackson Mayor Shokwe Antar Lumumba knows all too well what unsolved crime can do to a family. My brother was shot in the head in Jackson, Mississippi. So we're no friend of crime, right? And no one was ever arrested for that. BUT POINTS OUT HIS POLICE DEPARTMENT MAKES ARRESTS IN SIX OUT OF TEN CASES, ABOVE THE NATIONAL AVERAGE. I GET THE FEELING, NO MATTER HOW OFTEN YOU TALK ABOUT IT, the TEARS DON'T STOP.
0: NO. NO. YOU JUST LAY IN BED AT NIGHT AND JUST CRY ALL NIGHT AND YOU GET UP AND TRY TO FIGHT MORE TO GET JUSTICE FOR YOUR CHILD. Mm -hmm. IT'S TOO MUCH.
4: Well, it turns out that three weeks after we visited, Jackson police made arrests in the case of Margie Allen's son a year and a half after his murder. Jackson PD told us it was a long investigation and they just kept following the leads. Now, tomorrow, we'll bring you our third story in the series, which takes us to Baltimore and focus on possible solutions to help police solve more murder cases.
0: The pain is palpable. You can feel it on the screen. Just the fact that one mother would say murder is normal
4: here. It is among the highest per capita uh, homicide rates in the country. The ballroom where these people spoke with us was one of the more um, uh, emotionally riveting, powerful Mm. places I've ever been. We invited just a few, and they just kept kept coming. coming.
0: But just the fact that the mother said that the police said, go find, go solve it yourself and bring us the evidence.
4: You know, what's wrong with that, Jim? Mr. Willie Mack, who's a former
0: detective. I get that you're overwhelmed, but
1: as a grieving mother, nobody wants to hear that. Go solve it yourself.
4: So when we put that question to the detectives, I said, look, the numbers are what they are. These guidelines say we should have five cases. We have four times that number. We're drinking water from a fire hose here and we're doing the best we can. Feel for those families.
1: Yeah, I do too. We, we, we
4: that weight it lasts forever
3: on top of. And
1: it. and based on what you said, it's.
3: Hey, Virgil, Let me. Uh, let me. Let me say something. Uh, James Davis is a is a friend of mine, and I know that he's he's since retired. Um, I know I've I've talked to James because we both were chiefs over almost predominantly black cities, African American cities. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to say this to the, to the listeners and to the, to the viewers. I don't care what kind of caseload you have as a homicide detective or any detective, it doesn't take, um, you don't have to stay on the phone with somebody for days. Sometimes a, a, a mother or father or brother or sister just want to know that you are still working on the case. And that you do have them in mind. It's not going to go away. Uh, I've I've encountered that where I've had parents, loved ones come in and say, "Well, they just won't call me back." Uh, I've had them say, "Well, they're just rude," and they and they make and I get it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a lot of emotions going on, and there's nothing you can do other than say, "I'm going to bring your loved one back." That's going to that's going to uh, make things better for this family. Unfortunately, that's not possible, but you can be empathetic. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we can do uh, is we can have a uh, events where the families come in. You know, we take a week and we bring families of these individuals in and kind of give them an update on what's going on. Um, but to tell somebody to go and, and get their own evidence now, what I will say about the crime labs, what he said is absolutely true. When you have a state crime lab, keep in mind every one of those um, every one of those cities in that state are sending. So it's not just from homicide; it's from burglaries where they have fingerprints, robberies where they have guns. So I get that, but you know. The, the 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 family doesn't want to hear that at that time. And when we're in these positions, we have to realize that. And we don't we don't need to have a script, we just need to have a heart when we're talking. Is Jackson gonna be put on a, a consent decree? Don't know. I do know that there has been a call for the Department of Justice to come in. Uh, but but in order for, you know, one of the things about a consent decree, you have to prove that this is a pattern, a practice. Uh, I don't think there's any homicide unit in the nation. That's not overworked. We get it. But a little bit of, of empathy, well, a lot of empathy, kindness, uh, contacting someone, you know, Virgil. Not I'm not going to get long winded, but I'm very passionate about this because I've seen what reaching out to a family can do. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, you have, what's, you have Citizens Police Academy alumni. A lot of departments have that. You don't have to give those, in, those individuals or those citizens that belong to that Citizens Police Academy, you don't have to give them the details of the investigation. You know what you can say? Hey, I'm, hey, I'm Detective Smith. Uh, Miss, Miss, Miss Smith, listen, can you call, these are five homicides that I'm working on and I haven't solved them. Can you just call these families introduce yourself and just say i don't have any detective asset i call you check on you make sure you're okay we're continually looking for your loved one's murder what 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 does that hurt doesn't it doesn't hurt what does that hurt now i didn't i didn't ask you as a citizen to provide specific and intimate details about the investigation all i did was call ask you to call and let this family know that your case is still under investigation we hadn't forgotten it um you know that little those little things like that help yeah but also virgil what we have to realize too in a lot of these cases the community will not talk the the, the you know you don't have anybody who will come forward and provide information mm-hmm. so I mean, there's a, there's a lot of pieces to this but the piece of the puzzle that doesn't uh, you know the clearest thing on this puzzle is it doesn't take much to talk to those people, and if you don't have time, those resources can be used to make contact with these victims' families to kind of just check on them and say, "Hey, we're, we're, we haven't forgotten about you." And, I, yeah. and that's that's all I got to say about that. So it's just, you know, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous, man, to tell somebody, "You go find the evidence, and if you think you got some evidence, bring it to bring us." Bring it, bring man. it to us. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, and now, what, now, Virgil, also, too. So you're telling somebody to bring you evidence. So, so, so what if they pick up something that's, uh, you know, the chain of custody? Is there not potential that that case could not be dismissed based on the fact that they, yeah. they're they saying that the proper chain of custody didn't, you know, that, didn't they, that, exist, it's contaminated? Absolutely. Yeah. I just, it just okay, I'm, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I just, I'm passionate about that, man.
2: Yeah. Well, Keith, I want to get to a couple of comments in the chat. We've got um, one of the comments is from a, uh, it's from a homicide detective in, in Oklahoma City. Uh, she says uh, she's agreed. Uh, she takes uh, phone calls from others weekly, and it means so much to them. They even pray for me that God will give, give, uh, give her some uh, guidance in the uh, investigation to, to resolve the case. Uh, you know, we've got, um, you know, another comment in the chat room that I know that it's so much that police can do, but to act so heartless to, to the family, uh, has left the, this other listener speechless. Now, Keith, I want to, the reason I played that and for the listeners, the reason I played that is that this kind of goes back to raising some questions about the, uh, uh, tonight's topic, which is a lack of communication, or a police cover-up in the death of Mr. Wade. Now, the Jackson Police Department knew who Mr. Wade was within 48 hours because he was identified by the coroner's office. And I'm going to say within 24 hours because the one thing, and let me stop and go back to something. So Keith, you and I both know we've worked uh, fatality accidents um, and we've worked shootings where you've got uh, a person deceased on the scene. What is one of the main things that detectives do when they come out to that crime scene? Now the officers may not do it because they don't want to cross contaminate the crime scene. But when a detective comes out to a, a crime scene and I want our detective friend who is, watching and listening to the podcast to chime in on this. What is, some, what is one of the primary things you do to establish identity of that person?
3: Well, have you, uh, you know, you ask, is there anything, does they have a driver's license? Does, is there anything with their name on it? On
2: that, on that, on, 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 on their the, persons.
3: Did you find anything? If it, if it's a car accident, was there anything in the car? Have you run the register? Have you run the registration yet to determine? Was there a driver's license? Was there a cell phone? You know, and, and yeah, those are the first it, questions that they always ask. Yeah.
2: And this person was walking and he was struck and killed by a police car. So I'm going to ask this question. Your homicide detectives get there. They determine that maybe he does not have a physical ID, a wallet on his person. But in his pocket, there is a prescription bottle. So why did it take, a question that that has been puzzling me, why did it take the coroner's office to get his body back to the morgue for the coroner to obtain that information? Why was that information not obtained
3: at the scene of the accident? I don't know. That, that's a good question. And that what that does is it it comes back to was there a cover up, you know, was there because there was an officer involved, was there a cover up? You know, the other thing you can start asking the questions about, was there any, um, was the officer uh, in, um, incapacitated in some way? You know, was, were they under the influence? So Not saying that's the case, but that, it does start a lot of questions coming up, you know, it it, initiates a lot of questions.
2: Yeah. And and I think this is where the Jackson police department has not done a good job of eliminating the suspicious things that citizens are asking about this. Number one, you have a off duty officer driving a city issued marked police vehicle. Was he taken to, uh, obtain a, uh, A blood sample. Was he given a field sobriety test? Nobody knows any of that. And still to this day, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, nobody even knows who this officer is. At least the family doesn't. That information has not been released to the public. So that's another one of those things as to saying, why? Why hasn't this information been released? Yeah. But to go back to the video that I just showed in Jackson, about the mothers of Jackson, the fact that this agency has a a history of not being very cooperative with their citizens. And now you have uh, a man who was crossing a highway, he was struck by a police car, Uh, but it has left so many unanswered, questions and again for uh, again to go seven months and not know because Keith I'm gonna say this and I want to reiterate this Mr. Wade's brother was killed by Jackson Mississippi police officers over a year ago officers went through a criminal trial one was found guilty. The other two were not found guilty. So this family is very well known to. No, Jackson. No no, no,
3: no, 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 Two of them, the case was dismissed.
2: Okay. Dismissed. One was, yeah. one was found guilty. Two was dismissed. Yeah. So yeah.
3: Well, they weren't found guilty. And as a matter of fact. Well, I, I think I just, I mentioned one was found guilty. One was found guilty. Yeah. The state's attorney has, has since asked. The, for that case to be over for that case to be yeah uh reviewed or those or those charges to be reinstated.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so now we go back to this whole conspiracy. you know, is there is there a conspiracy to cover something up? And if it's not a conspiracy to cover something up, why has why did it take seven months to identify and why didn't a detective go? to the home of Mrs. Wade because if you are a good detective you're going if this is a case that you really want to solve you're going to put a lot of your effort into tracking down some some of the key things because Keith I want to go so let's say if this person was from Arkansas a neighboring state or let's say this person was from South Carolina now you've got well this is we may have to go across state lines to do some investigation or we may have to reach out to another agency. But you knew this man was a resident of Jackson, Mississippi, because the coroner's office told you they had a prescription bottle that identified him. You had the name of of the mother. He had a phone number for the mother. But the phone number wasn't good. So you telling me with the technology that we have, the Jackson, Mississippi Police Department has, that they don't have a database that says, that connects Mr. Wade, who has been in prison before, with the mother.
3: Well, I'll tell you just the fact that, uh, you know, CAD, Computer Aided Dispatch System and Records Management Systems, if he had been entered into the system as a missing person, which we know that she did make that report. That name could have been all you had to do was run that name, and it would have, it would have, if it was if it was in there correctly. So that's the thing about it. I mean, you can't you can't understand. There's no way you can understand or or you can explain your way out of this one. I mean, so no Keith,
2: way. yeah, so Keith, this this is why. Okay, you and I. We're police chiefs. If our mayor calls us in and says, hey, listen, guys, tell me about this case. And you're sitting there and you're explaining this and you got all this other information and the mayor may say, well, do we know who his family is? Well, you know what? We've had officers who were on trial for the murder of a brother. Yeah, we do know who the family is. Okay, well, did you all go out to the family's house? Jackson, Mississippi is only 150,000 people, so it's not but like I don't, a-
3: think, I don't think that they I don't think that they knew uh Virgil that until they until the mother made it public. I don't I don't think they knew that that was the same brother. I don't I don't know, but I just Well, I don't know if they knew that. <laughs> So Keith, and I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna spec. I,
2: you know, I'm I'm just gonna speculate. I'm gonna think. Okay, this is a pretty high profile case that took place in Jackson where, with those three officers, with the death of, 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 of the same last name.
3: Sure, sure.
2: So you know, the mother went to court, went, went through this whole court proceeding. So you know who she looks like. You know where she stays because as a detective, you may have went out to her home. Right. So again, Keith, there's so many questions and it gives, you know, and I want people who are watching and listening to this, just not to say, okay, well, you two guys are in law enforcement. Now you are basically, you know, contradicting and saying that it sounds like it's a cover up. I'm going to say that it we should not have this much uh, unanswered questions surrounding a man's death who, like we said, if he walked across the highway, was accidentally hit and killed by a police officer, that's what it is. Uh, But at least make sure you. Do everything you can to notify the next of kin, but don't wait seven months later and you bury him in an open field and then you tell the mother, now you got to pay to get his body back.
3: Well, I can tell you right now, man, I've worked for city managers and mayors that that's going to be a question you ask all the time. And and what have we done? You know, I've worked for mayor. Those are the questions he would ask. Well, what have we done to identify? Is there anything I can do to help? Uh, Have we got the media involved? I mean, those are questions uh, and that you have to have that relationship with your mayor. We met, I met, my mayor and I met in my city managers, we met on a weekly basis and we talked about, um, you know, things like this. The, the, the thing about this is you cannot, we cannot 100% say, okay, we cannot 100% say that this was not a cover up. We can't 100% say that it was just a breakdown of communication. I don't know what the hell this is. All I know is that you've got an elderly Well, somebody man.
2: is playing games with a well, man's actually, life.
3: All I know is you've got an elderly mom who has lost two children. Yeah. Two boys. Um,
2: to the Jackson, at the hands, the hands of Jackson, kids, Mississippi police now. officer.
3: Now, like I said, whether it was intentionally or whatever, it's going to be very difficult to convince that mom and that community that, that it wasn't. It's not a cover-up. It's just going to be difficult to do it. Uh, whether it is or not, and then the fact they haven't been identified, that the driver hasn't been identified, I just I don't I don't know how this is. This is not going to end well for for uh, JPD. Uh, it's not going to end well at all. Um, it, it's and it's going it to comes back to what we've said before. No matter how small or how large your department is, we're going to all be rolled into that one ball. Yeah, um, and so. You know, and someone says, "Is this a smaller agency?" Some agencies still aren't up to speed with current resources available. They're they're updated. Um, they have all the technology. Oh yeah, I mean, one has. It's the capital city. Um, yeah. You know, you're talking. I think 600 and some between 400 and 600 officers, um, and so they have the technology. Uh, are they overwhelmed? Absolutely. Uh, you know, and. But they have the technology. And you know what? And even if they don't have, even if they didn't have the technology, you have other resources.
2: You you can call in the state.
3: State police. You got, so. You got your state crime lab. You have so many resources uh, that's available uh, to you. That's what's called networking. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. I don't get how this gentleman's name was in the system as a missing person. Uh, And his name based on that medicine bottle was never run yeah or if it was run somebody somebody dropped the ball so I don't yeah. I don't get it my man I don't get yeah. it its very, yeah I, difficult.
2: yeah and and again this agency has to me they put themselves in this position with the public of Jackson and with everybody else because once again Keith everybody has is looking at every police department to say how are you operating how are are How can we trust you? And so this gives a lot of people of color uh, a lot of questions about the trust factor with their police department. And I think it's upon us as police executives to uh, to be open if 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 it's wrong it's wrong take some ownership of that and do what's right. And I just don't see, yeah, they know that there's going to be a civil case, but I just don't see where you have to, you know, you mentioned empathy earlier from the mayor and him saying, hey, we want to lift the family up in prayer. I really question the the fabric of this agency's Uh, empathy for their communities because you heard in that clip where that detective says, Hey, I'll get to them when I can. It may not be when they want me to, to, to call them back.
3: How do you say that?
2: Yeah. Again, it's very arrogant.
3: How do you say that? Even if you're thinking that, why would you say that? Yeah. I mean, that is, that is there. And
2: and I think the one thing that that's one of the reasons I wanted to play that because now we look at Mr. Wade's death. And, we, and it gives you a lot of uh, reasons to s- suspect that there are some other things going on. And even for us, you and I, who are in law enforcement, and we know this doesn't smell right. This does not smell right. It doesn't look right. And this family deserves better. And those mothers that we saw in the clip, Keith, who have lost their sons to gun violence in, in, in Jackson. They deserve better. We're talking about a, a accident, a car accident. We're not talking about a shooting. You have the officer involved in it. You have the person's body. You identified him with the with the prescription bottle. How hard was it to find the mother? Jackson is 150,000 people. It shouldn't take seven months to find the mother of her son who had reported him missing a week later.
3: Well most departments that side have have what's called an accident investigation unit and they deal with hit and runs and uh, DWIs and, and fatality accidents totally
2: separate from your other take
3: that away from the homicide you yeah a homicide unit. But you know, I, I just—it's—it's it's just a sad story. Uh, I want to verify that we are not bad mouthing the department. We're—we're we're not. We're basically saying that there was there was a better way to handle this. There is a better way to handle this. I just believe that um, I don't think anything that comes out of this now is going to uh, be. Uh, it's going to help the family uh, at all. I, I just think that in their mind, uh, they're never going to get out of the, they're never going to get out of their mind that the city where they live, the police department that you pay taxes to protect you, allowed her son to go unidentified for all these months, and so I just don't think it adds on to what the, and then. You got the the reporter, you know, the news story, and you got people saying, well, I just, we just ain't got time. We just, you know, they want things done right then and there. We just, come on, man. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think that this is going to be something that JPD is going to be remembered. Yeah.
2: This is going to be, be a cloud. It's going be their yeah. legacy.
3: I mean, yeah. it's, it, it, you, yeah. this is going to be their legacy.
2: Yeah. Hey, Keith, I, I want to get yeah. to... Yeah, I want to get to one of the last comments before we uh, uh, end the podcast because we kind of went over our normal time. And this last comment is that I just don't see.
3: Yeah, this is a topic that we needed to. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. And and I think it's something we definitely need to follow up on. Uh, One of the last comments is that I just don't see any kind of excuse they can give on what happened in this case. Just give the family justice and closure. And use this case in their training, or in service, or what on what to do and what not to do. Um, You know, it's tragic that we would need to use a case like this here or any agency in in a training to 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 say this is what happened, this is what we learned from it. Now let's make sure we don't do that again. Uh, That's that's just uh, another issue that I have some, some concerns with Keith, but yeah. And, and, you know, Keith, this is, you know, I knew this was going to be a great topic. Um, uh, unfortunately a tragic event, hopefully our platform has brought some shedded some, um, light on this case in Jackson, Mississippi, and, uh, and and people will look into this and get more informed about what happened in Jackson. Uh, and hopefully this doesn't happen in another city. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, Keith, we want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight and uh, remind you, if you miss any portions of, of this podcast, you can, the rebroadcast will be on our Facebook page, our YouTube uh, page. And uh, if Wait you listen listen to uh, podcasts, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasting, you can search and find uh, You and the Law Podcast and click and subscribe and listen to our our uh, topics because, um, Keith, I think this is just uh, one that deserves uh, some more conversation about.
3: And the thing about it is, man, there's a lot of people had never heard this. They um, haven't. Think about it. They hadn't heard it. It hasn't gotten. I think it's going to get a lot more momentum. You know, it will. Oh, um, yeah. With being Crump. Crump is involved in it. So oh, yeah. Know. Yeah. It's going to it's going to be. So, yeah, I just to the Wade family, man, God bless y'all. And and you know what, man? I, I have to send up a prayer for JPD and the city in the city of Jackson. I, I I have to, well, I have you
2: know what, Keith, and I want to say this: the one clip was very disturbing. Is the fact that they interviewed a former Jackson police officer I know, right? who he got treated the same as the other mothers? Wow! And he is one, and he is one of them.
3: Yeah, that's uh, you know, and I never heard him say that he wanted any uh, preferential treatment or anything. But you would think that they would, you know. I, yeah. I don't know what to say, man. I, I'm, I'm speechless, and that's very rare for me, but I'm, I'm speechless, man, because the more and more I think about it, it's just like, man, I. what can you say?
2: Yeah. Well, hey, Keith, I want to say, you know, if you all will listen, we will talk. And on You and the Law Podcast show, we're definitely going to uh, talk about topics that matter uh, to the community and give our experience, perspective about, how things should be and how they shouldn't be. Right. And again, we, we definitely thank you all. And we want to make sure that, uh, you, uh, tune in live every Thursday at 6 PM central standard time, uh, right here on Facebook live and on our uh, YouTube channel. Um, and we also streaming live on LinkedIn. So we thank everybody for watching us on LinkedIn. So brother, you got some, uh, final thoughts.
3: I just, uh, man, it's good to, good to see you as always be here with you. And thank you for the listeners and the viewers. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate all our support that we're getting. And, uh, you know, next week we'll have another uh, good topic. We'll get exactly. our, We'll get with our producer and uh, see what she says. And then we'll come up with a, we're working on another, uh, another. amazing topic.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, Keith, want to remind everybody that this weekend is we fall back and we get a an hour of sleep. And I know that's going to help you because that's going to make that's going to make this old man feel a little bit younger.
3: I bet you snore.
2: No, I don't snore. I bet you drool. I don't drool. OK, I just you know what I do. I just sleep. <laughs>
3: You probably got a teddy bear. (laughs) (laughs) You you probably got a teddy bear, man. You probably sleep with a nightlight.
2: Hey, man. You know, if my grandson is sleeping with me, he has his little uh, uh, – there's a new character he sleeps with. So, so yeah.
3: (laughs) Okay, whatever, man.
2: All right. Hey, brother, as always, it's been good getting with you. And until next Thursday – Uh, make sure you tune in for another episode of you and the law podcast show.